Well, 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 it's Aisha again with Clubbing Seals. I know it's been a little while, right? Doing one show a month, there's so much that happens and I cannot keep up. I'm going to have to look at trying to, you know, get this going maybe twice a month. I don't know. Just depends on how I can swing it. So, yes, um, I've been busy, busy at work, uh, getting myself into more things than I should. But uh, one of the more exciting ones is getting more back politically active since the kids are doing their own thing. My youngest is 14, so I'm 14, 16, and 21 now. So it's definitely giving me a little bit more time. And then the two younger ones, this is the first year that I'm not homeschooling. So yeah, but I don't know if we're going to make it. I think next year I might go back to homeschooling, even though I am loving the free time. I have to say all of my Bashing, I don't know what else to call it, of the public school system over the years and why I wanted to keep my kids out. Uh, I can definitely say I was not wrong. Uh, I probably dislike it more than what I thought I was going to dislike it. Um, moving here in this small town, I was like, oh, hey, things might not be so bad, you know. But I have to say, even in this rural, small town America, it is just unbelievable the amount of just I mean the broken homes the the kids the common core the indoctrination all of it you know and I live in a place that is um, I mean even though I live in New York but I still live in a place that is 70% like the 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 county is 70% Republican 30% um, Democrat so woohoo for me the last place I lived uh, Rochester New York it was 30% Republican 70% Democrat Um, so you know you kind of expect you know maybe a flip but the education system is just so broken and um, I tell my kids all the time when they're coming home that um you know, they asked for it. They don't have to be there. They're willingly being there because they wanted to try it out. And so every time they complain, I'm like, huh, well, you know, come home. And of course, I want them to. But anyway, on today's show, I did, you know, speaking of which, I did want to talk about, um, you know, all these programs, you know, as I said, like the broken homes, and you see all of these things on, um, you know, after school programs, uh, community centers, trying to get uh, kids, you know, maybe in gangs, getting them out and how to help them not participate right in that or not to get involved in the criminal system. And I have something to say about that, you know, not sure how many of you guys are going to like it, but we'll see. What? What's up? Um, okay, so there's this video on TikTok of our, a girl. It's, uh, she's 
getting an abortion, but her friends videotaping her, and she was, she videotaped her and her mood, and she was like laughing about having the abortion, and then they went to the abortion clinic, and they videotaped a couple that was crying about it, it was like the two, two moods when you have an abortion. Why, like, would she laugh about that, like, Hmm. Well, I mean, there's so much in that because, I mean, people do react to things differently. Um, and sometimes, I mean, the laughing could be so many different things. Of course, you know, people might, initial reaction might be like, oh, what a psychopath or something like that. But a lot of times, in order to protect yourself, you you know, laugh, you're, you know, just like if someone's like maybe teasing you and like, you'll laugh, right? You're trying to protect yourself. And if we don't know what's going on in that person's life to be like, why would they laugh? You know, but at the same time, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're just being cruel. Do you know what I mean? She could just be like, okay, this is what it is. Oh, yeah, you know, you have to make yourself. It's kind of like when I say things like, you know, people be like, oh, you live in New York. Oh, the weather. Oh, do you like the snow? And I'm like, yeah, I love the snow, whether I like it or not, because it is what it is. And you and I'm like, why would I be like, oh, this is miserable when I know every single year it's going to snow every single year. I'm going to have to deal with it. If I don't like it, then I would move, right? So instead of being all miserable like a lot of people, I'm just like, hey, I love the snow, right? So it could be something like that. Granted, all of the different things, does that make sense? Yeah. But, like, if she posted it and she was coping with it, why post something that you're later going to go back on and be like, why was I laughing at this? Like. Well, I mean, again, we do all sorts of crazy, stupid things when we're young. But with something like that, again, I mean, I know when I had my abortion, you know, like afterwards, I was very pro-abortion, right? I was like, yeah, you know, like you'll see all these people now. They're like, oh, shout your abortion. Abortion is great. Yeah, everybody should have one, right? Misery loves company, right? So, I mean, that's another psychological effect they're like oh hey you know you have a whole society telling you that this is great so you're like oh yeah hey no big deal ha 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 you know I'm gonna have an abortion when I had had an abortion again before I realized what I had done it was like yeah you should do it too you know you have this internal conflict going on inside of you that I mean I don't know how old the girl was but right and so especially when you're young um, but even when you're an adult, you know, you don't understand what is really happening. Um, but at the same time, right, we film a lot of really stupid things that we do, especially your age group, that you guys are all going to go, right? You hear it all the time. We're like, don't film that because you're going to go back. It's going to be there forever. And one day you're going to go back and be like, why did I do that? Whether it's, you know, smoking a blunt or I don't know, <laughs> taping yourself going into an abortion right and how god can use that i mean our best thing that we can do is pray for that person and again you don't know what her family is like maybe they're like yeah you got to do this um maybe she's being pressured to do it maybe she just feels like 
hey, this is a really great thing for me. I mean, you hear people say having my abortion was the best thing for me because, you know, I got to go on and go to school or or look at this great life that I have, right? Without them ever thinking to themselves, how much greater could your life have been with that baby, right? Like I think now when I had you guys and that realization came to me that, wow, if I would have had Keziah, Levi, Shalom, right? It was like those, the abortion that I had. If I would have, if that would have been earlier, how that would have changed my life. At the time, I thought that is going to change my life for the worse, right? My life is going to be over. I'm not going to have all of the knots. And there is nobody to speak life into the positivity of what having a child, what being a mother was, right? And so at the moment that I'm like, oh my gosh, this motherhood is so incredible and the way that it changed my life, that could have happened five years earlier, right? And who knows what life would have been like. I don't know if my life would have been better or worse because I had that baby, right? And so when she's in, you know, again, some people are thinking about those things and, right, the other girl who is crying, maybe she's, you know, uh, uh, thinking about all of those things. Maybe she's not. Who knows? You don't know what their situation is. All we can do is, A, pray about it. And be like, Lord, you know, intervene in those women's lives. But at the same time, right, we have a culture shift that we have to do so that if you know someone, right, that may be having an abortion or considering it or doing something, that you're the one that gets to come in and speak life into their life. Right? I mean, does that make sense? That's all. I mean, that's all we can do. The worst thing we could do is what do you think? Encourage it. Encourage it, right? It was like that's what our society does now is be like, oh, yeah, God, yeah. That's the best. Everyone on the post. Yeah, and then I sat there and I did. I did. I wasn't like being cruel about it or anything like that. I was just like, hey, now you're laughing at killing your child, right? And people come back at me and stuff like that. And I was like, I defended it and I shut most people up. I was like, oh, that's good. Yeah. I mean, that's what you have to do. You know, you go against the grain. Again, they're pushing it, pushing it. And especially, you know, oh, you're 16, you're 50, you know. Oh, oh, having that baby's going to ruin your life. You're not going to be able to finish school. You're not going to, which is, I mean, true, right? I was like, I mean, we talk all the time. I mean, I don't want you going out, having sex, you know, doing all these things, getting pregnant. Absolutely, right? It was like the best way for you to be successful in life is to do it in what order? Get married. Get married. (laughs) Fall in love. Get married. Then have a baby. Right? That's the order that we want to. And so when you're with your friends and they're over there, if they're being promiscuous, if they're doing those things, then hey, you know, I can love you. But at the same time, if you're over there doing those things, I'm going to say, hey, you know what? Why don't you and your boyfriend wait? Why don't you wait until, you know, whether it's statistical or whether it's having to be with their feelings because everybody's different right some people like stats facts figures other people you just have to be their friend and be there to talk to them and work them help them to work through whatever it is that they're going through but yeah good one that's sad let's pray for and pray for those people okay all right you could have your commercial play right here if you wanted that is Help support the cause, reach my audience, and help you grow your business or your cause at the same time. Give us a call, 
585-615-9551. Anyway, so, uh, the, uh, hypersexuality of our culture is out of control. You know, just thinking about that last segment and all, but I'm going to have to save that for another show because I already probably won't get through what I have any now, you know what I mean? Um, but before we go any further, I just want to take a moment and, uh, pray, you know, um, Lord, thank you for the cross. Thank you for clothing us in your mercy and grace. There's so much going on in the world right now. So much uncertainty, brokenness, poverty, and fear. Father, just come Holy Spirit and rest. Let us rest on you. May you comfort us, convict our hearts that we would be led back to you, God. Lord God, I ask that you forgive us and that you give us the wisdom we need to navigate each of our situations. You let us abide in you. And I ask that as those who are listening, that we would learn to abide, abide in a sound mind that you've given us and cast out fear. Help us to be your hands and feet in all things that we do for your glory. Amen. Anyway, I just love my kiddos. Um, You know, I feel like they can come to me with anything. Uh, And if they don't, then uh, eventually God makes it known anyway, you know. Uh, Even with their mistakes um, that God lets me find out, no one is perfect. We all make mistakes. Our differences that we have as a Christian is that we can go through it with God. And when we do it right, you know, it, it, it can be a blessing to those around us. Showing the world how it looks when you have a relationship with God, even when that can be kind of ugly. But I wouldn't have it any other way. Life without knowing Jesus is something I would never want to go back to. All right. So, um... Let's uh, let me finish up here. Um, when I get, trying to get to my coronavirus theory, Americans, America's uh, so-called incarceration problem, and politics. Right, Joe Biden? Huh? Huh? <laughs> I guess I could just start with him, uh, Joe. What can I say? I have to admit that I just was flabbergasted that the fact that he is still in the race, you know, I, I I didn't get why people would be voting for him or or I should say why those, his handlers around him would continue to let him be, um, you know, let him, let him keep going, you know, and don't get me wrong. I, I, I get that most Democrats are going to vote Democrat and all, but Joe is half senile. You know, and I I don't say that lightly. I mean, I feel bad for him. But for years now, his mental state has been diminishing. And people have been talking about it for a long time. And I think we should take that seriously. I mean, I take it seriously. Even before he was running for president, I was like, oh, poor Joe. You know what I mean? And I kept thinking, as I said, why aren't the people around him saying, hey, Joe, you know, we love you. I think you should step aside. This isn't a good look for you. You know what I'm saying? Um, The ups and downs and 
forgetfulness and weird comments that he makes, you know, just tell the poor man, listen, you had a good run, Joe, but it is time to retire. Why is that too much to ask for? And I think that the people around him really cared about him and even our country. They would tell him that, but they're not. Um, And then it hit me. Uh, Probably not a novel epiphany, but for me it was, you know, uh, power. The people behind the scenes are like, we can just tell him what to do and say. When he forgets, we can remind him of, hey, this is what you meant. This is what you said. This is what you said you wanted to do, you know, until the day comes that he really does have to step aside. Um, And uh, that leads into, right, the VP pick. See, that's the real little sneak bot is who will he pick for VP, which I've said for, I don't know, at least a month or so that it would be Elizabeth Warren. Um, But whoever it is that he picks, I will guarantee it will be the people behind him directing him to pick who they really wanted all along. Then as his mind continues to pass with time, he steps down and the next thing or the next little loon pinko steps in. And I don't know. I mean, it's a sad state of affairs when I think, I mean, I I honestly believe that that is the case. And um, I think that it's sad that the left is so lost that they would rather take their chances with a frail mind than with Donald Trump. So that's that. I know. Conspiracy theories. I don't think that's a conspiracy theory, but I do have a conspiracy theory. Do 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 do. <laughs> right, my coronavirus conspiracy. You ready? Uh, and again, you heard it here first. And I don't care. It's a conspiracy theory. You can think it sounds crazy. That's why it's a conspiracy theory. I say that it is a plot to kill off the older generation. I mean. Now, don't get me wrong, I I do believe that it has to do, you know, man-made lab coronavirus, um, right? Because they talk about how it, you know, those two Chinese nationals and they stole it from Canada the, you know, months back. And then China has it, they're in Wuhan, maybe it got out by accident, maybe it didn't, maybe it's experiment. But either way, I do think, right... They want to kill off the older generation, right? The older generation knows just how dangerous socialism and communism is. Of course, I know too, and I may not be part of that baby boomer type of older generation, but for the most part, right, once you hit a certain age, usually you come around and you're like, yeah, socialism is bad. Communism is bad. No, we don't want it. But, right? If we kill off this older generation that is there, then you will have a larger youth, quote unquote, red army. You know what I'm saying? Um, And we're so close to having a godless generation as it is, a generation fully indoctrinated who are of voting age. And that's what they're looking for, right? When you talk about the red army, that that, that generation of, of kids that they're looking for. 
Um, and it can all change in one generation. Maybe Bill Gates and the commies are just helping things along a little bit. That's my theory. Though, wait a second. Mm, granted, all right. Most of the baby boomer generation are supporters of the guy who honeymooned in the Kremlin, a.k.a. Bernie Sanders. All right, so if you kill them off, too, you got to hurt your cause. All right, so maybe not. But that's why it's a conspiracy theory. You know what I'm saying? Dang it, man. I just ruined my own conspiracy theory. I don't like that. I'm still going to stick with it. Well, I'm not because now I have to think about it a little bit longer. (laughs) But for real, um, I know I shouldn't be joking so much about the whole coronavirus and stuff. Um, There is a lot of seriousness that's going along with it. I have read extensively and looked at so much stuff on it. And um, I'll just running a little bit long. I don't know if I'm going to get into everything. Um, but let me give you just a few facts about the coronavirus uh, to help you navigate. Um, I want to say, you know, I mean, like I, I understand why all of the hyper precautions, not saying that we shouldn't, um, but I do think there's something to be said for the whole um, herd immunity model as well, right? It was like, hey, if you let everyone from like, you know, 40 or 50, you know, maybe 40, 40 and under, run around, do the things they're supposed to do, get it. They have milder symptoms unless, again, those who are compromised immune system, 60 and up, all stay quarantined and then slowly bring them out then maybe do like the 40 to 60 say okay now you guys come back out and I know it'll hurt business still but I don't know I that's not what I was gonna say I'm sure you guys have been listening to tons of things on it so um what I I just wanted to give a couple of points real quick um they say that one way that you can you know self-test maybe you know uh just as test kits are getting opened up and working that thing is to self-test if you could possibly maybe have corona right Uh, is do you have flu-like symptoms including a fever and if you do have all of those type of symptoms then if you try to breathe in deep breath right as hard as you can and hold it for 10 seconds and if you start wheezing and coughing and out of breath and you can't hold it, that that is more of a sign that maybe you should go get tested, right? Because it's a respiratory-like flu. Um, and I'm not one, like I said, for fear or panic, but I do think the cautions and precautions mostly make sense. A little bit overboard, but again, that I think should be individual. That's the beauty of us um, living in a free society, right? Is that we can care about our neighbor. We can self-regulate and we don't need authoritarians uh, coming in and pounding us down, welding our doors shut like they were seeing in uh, Wuhan. But again, they're lying about so many things that who knows, we probably won't know for months the true extent of a lot of things and why everything is being um, so overcautious. Um So anyway, so, but again, part of the things that we do know from like Italy and some of the other places is that 
the COVID-19 is exponentially more contagious than the normal flu, swine flu, SARS, etc. And if we were to do or react the same way that we had in the past with some of those or currently do with the flu that is known to us, the numbers would be you know, exponential, 10 times higher, right? Something like 26 million people who get the flu every year, we would be talking about, you know, 200,000 people. And then with the contagious, you know, like, you know, the six feet lives for eight to 12 hours, all of those things. But then on top of it, you know, they're not completely sure how it's going to survive. Is it going to end in the summer or not? You know, hoping that that's going to be the, 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 time. But the contagion rate is even higher, right? So you're looking at anywhere from 24 to 45 days is kind of the, the the range that I've been seeing depending. And then of course, the death rate um, is greater than all of these other outbreaks. I know, I know you guys are going to say, oh, and how many test kits? How do you know how many people? But again, looking at it from what we do know, I mean, it's definitely going to be higher than the flu. Um, but I think that in the end, you'll probably see, you know, two to three percent um, death rate on average. But again, that's just me and I'm no expert. So I say be cautious. Um, it's better to be overly cautious at this point than to just you know, go out there and say, oh, who cares? Especially if you have people in your life that are 60 or older or are at high risk, right? We should stay away from them, helping them, but letting them self-quarantine. I think that, you know, would probably do us a lot better. I know they, I was uh, reading some things like how Denmark, they're kind of just letting it all go and saying, hey, we're just going to take the brunt of it and then let it die off quicker. So we'll see how that works. Um, I think that's about it, right? Oh, no. Did you guys hear? Did anyone hear Cuomo a couple days ago? And he said that he thinks that the Fed should be reacting more like the Chinese government did with the lockdowns. I was like, what the heck? I haven't heard anybody, like, call him out on that. Um, But I haven't been paying as much attention as probably I should. But still, I'm like, you... I mean, they were literally welding doors down, tackling people posting armed guards and he's like oh we should be doing more stuff like that i don't know we call him comrade cuomo and with comments like that i don't think there's a wonder why and i honestly believe he really wishes he could be an authoritarian dictator dang it man my time is flying by oh i have to i wanted to get to the so-called american uh, America incarceration problem. So let me just switch. I don't know. I think I should maybe, you know, stick to one or two topics so I can like flesh them out more and, um, you know, not keep running my time into the ground instead of lightly touching on four or five things, you know, just being all kind of fluff, you know, because I always want to get a little bit deeper and talk about some of the things, you know, like the articles that I've read, the studies that I see and stuff. And then I look at the time and I'm like, no, I can't. And I always feel like I'm rushing myself, which is weird because, you know, I'm in charge of myself. <laughs> anyway, um, my time, what was I talking about? Um, 
American incarceration. See, my mind just uh, started slipping away on a little bunny trail. Come back, Aisha, come back. So I'm not saying that we do not need some kind of criminal justice reform. I certainly think that we do. Probably not in the same sense as some others, but I think, I'm, well, first I think I'm going to trigger some of you guys really quick. Um, others, you'll probably be like, oh yeah. But anyway, I think that our bigger problem is, to be honest, the broken family and lawlessness. That's what we have. We don't have an incarceration problem. We have a lawless problem. We have a broken family problem. Too many people have lost the idea of being a good neighbor or are willing to violate laws coupled with those who believe that not everyone should be punished for violating said laws, right? Or being like, oh, well, it's society's fault, right? Example. So... You know, I was homeless at uh, 14, 15 years old, and um, I lived in abandoned trailers. I I couldn't really work. I did wind up finding a job, um, but there was a time period where I was like, well, well, I'm homeless. I don't have any food. I'm hungry, and I'd go in the grocery store, and I would, like, you know, walk around like I was shopping, and I would make a sandwich and eat it, you know, and then I would just, like, leave all the stuff there, the open bread and stuff in the cart, and then I would leave. Um, and in my mind, I was justified because, you know, I'm 15, I'm homeless and who are these people? But now that I'm older, I'm like, oh my gosh, there were so many other things that I could have done. Okay. But a lot of people do, even when I tell that they're like, well, you were kind of justified, you know, you're 14, 15 years old and you can't really work. And what else were you going to do? And you were just doing the best you could to survive, blah, blah, blah. I get it. But no. Uh, that that's really not, you know, I had to change my thinking and say, that's actually wrong, right? I mean, it's stealing. And again, that, I know that's a minor thing, but you can insert anything there, whether it's selling drugs, um, whether it's um, doing things, you know, breaking into people's houses, you know, a whole slew of things. And people are like, oh, well, you know, it's because of their situation because of poverty. But I don't think so. You look back and there was the times when poverty was not an excuse for lawlessness, right? Um so I think us giving that type of constant um feedback to people, it gives them the right to be lawless and say, "Oh, it's not my fault, it's society's fault." Right? Then those who do go to jail prison are then thrown into a system right that teaches you to depend on a gang or be in a gang so then your mentality right if you come out of a gang you're like oh I'm taking on oh you shouldn't have been in a gang and then you're going into another gang like mentality and if you weren't in a gang then you're learning to have a gang like mentality right um or to become an even better criminal these, you know, you go in and you're like, oh, hey, you meet people and a, a lot of the criminality continues. Not to say there are not a lot of people that don't get out and do better. I know a lot of those people as well. But on the whole, we can look at the recidivism rate and say that is not the case, which, by the way, is probably the part that actually needs to be reformed, right? That's part of the criminal justice reform I think uh, we should be concentrating on. 
But the bigger issue, I think, is prevention. I mean, can't, I mean, why can't we agree on that? All of these um, efforts for after the fact, what about prevention programs? And even the prevention programs still don't seem to be based in family, right? Or fixing the family. They're they're, I mean, you look at them and they revolve around after school programs, clubs, mentor programs, any and everything except for strengthening the family. It's like, oh, no, let's not talk about that. Right. That may go back to, you know, earlier when I was talking about the hypersexuality of our culture, which I think plays into it. And I would like to talk about that as well, but don't have enough time. I uh, should probably be telling you guys bye right now. Um, so. My point being that they, we could be, should be focused on teaching about family, right? Having that tough conversation about rebuilding the family unit, how important it is to have the mother and father in the family. The incarceration family is a family problem. It's a self-control problem. It's a respect problem, right? I hear the other things. Oh, I don't got to respect them. You don't get respect till you earn respect. What? Uh, I was not raised that way. I was raised, you respect everybody and everything. Everybody deserves your respect. If somebody ruins your respect or, you know, does something where it's like, oh, hey, then maybe, you know, you you, uh, then look at it, but. From off the bat, off Jump Street, everybody deserves respect. So those are things, right, changing the mentality that that should be, a, that should be our, our focus. Um, I mean, without a strong two-parent home, training up a child in the way they should go, then we will continue to have mass incarceration problems. And, and again, and now I'm going to go into, you know, uh, there are some numbers I was thinking about. And, yeah, I'm going to talk about black uh, Ill- illegitimacy and, and stuff like that just because, you know, being black, I have a tendency to uh, look at things through that lens first and foremost. Um, yes, I'm an American first. And, again, white numbers are not very far behind this at all. But, you know, in America, we're now in America, you are less likely than – any other of these countries to be in a two-parent home. So, again, I'm I'm not saying that this is a black issue. I'm just saying these are the things that I lean towards, right, is the black illegitimacy rate is 77%. And because we're talking about mass incarceration, the numbers of incarcerated happen to also tip on the black side. So that's kind of why, you know, my mind goes there. But... um if we do compare uh, white and black kids, right, it's like three out of four white kids live in two parent homes versus less than two out of five black kids uh, live in two parent homes. The single black parent family headed by women versus men is almost four to one. And then when we look at the numbers of the incarcerated, right, 17 of 20 in prison, 17 of the 20, 17 out of 20. Uh, young people that are incarcerated come from single families where the father does not live in it. So again, 77% black illegitimacy rate, 17 out of 20 young people come from fatherless homes. 
So yeah, again, I don't think that it's an incarceration problem. It's more of a broken family problem. The family trusting the state to raise our kids. That is a problem. You feel me? I mean, it's a problem. And I know, like I said, sure, be triggered. But I'm just trying to call it like I see you. See it. In love. Okay? I'm not trying to uh, make a blame on, you know, anyone or or another. But we can't just ignore things and be like, oh, hey, this is going to continue on. And that we're going to thrive. Right? We are killing ourselves. And when we're not killing ourselves, we are breaking our families. And that has to stop. Anyway, thanks for listening to Clubbing Seals with me, Aisha Kreutz, or as some call me, Mama Mwahaha. <laughs> so come back, see me again, or I should be listening, listening again. Uh, hope to... I'll be able to answer some of your questions if you have any. And I hope that you will take the time to leave me a comment. If you have one, let me know what you think. And if you have any questions, let me know. I would be happy to share anything that um, is appropriate uh, with you. All right. So thank you for listening. Oh, And think about sponsoring the show via advertising or donation. The more I get, the more often I can do these. Once a month, like I said, so much time goes by. But, hey, it's all I can usually spare for time. But if I find a way to, you know, uh, get some donations here and there, make it like work, I can uh, hopefully do it more. I'm going to try for twice a month coming up this next month, all right? Especially since we're going to be home more. Packs. Peace. I'm out. Oh, just a little amendment here. Um, you know what? I was seeing. So Den- Denmark. So I'm going to go back to the Corona thing real quick. Sorry. Uh, Denmark. They actually have started complete isolating uh, as well because their model wasn't working. But South Korea, they have an interesting model that seems to be working. They're not destroying their economy. They are. Um, I have a lot more tests available. Not sure why, but I'm going to look into that. And they're doing mass testing with isolating or segregating out the sick population as soon as they know, and then trying to let the rest of their economy pretty much go along as normal. They're doing pretty good. So anyway, I just wanted to amend that real quick because uh, it was a afterthought after a taping. And then Oh, I'm going to do Jojo Rabbit review. I have it coming and I will put that out maybe just a little separate. All right, bye.